Heather McDonald has got the juices scoop. When you're on the road, when you're on the go, Juicy Scoop is the show to know. She talks Hollywood tales, her real life Mr. Segment serial data, and serial sister. You'll be addicted and addicted fast to the number one tabloid real life podcast. Listen in, listen up. Woo woo. Heather McDonald. Juicy Scoop. Hello, and welcome to Juicy Scoop. I have returned favorite. A former um, office husband of mine, a tall, bald-headed delight, Guy Branham. Um, Heather, I'm so excited to see the cute lunch sticker that you have on your laptop because, I mean, truly, it is a concept that I will always... The the concept of a half bottle of white wine being consumed with salads is something... It's everything. Yes. It's just everything. (laughs) It means so much to me and something that I... Is part of your distinctly Southern California wisdom. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I really miss having cute lunches with you, but we're going to enjoy. People can eat their cute lunch while they listen to yes. us talking because there's so much juicy scoop to talk about. Now, you came in because you obviously heard about my triumphant return to television, which happened last night. Yes, how you were on Name That Tune. How was that? I won. Oh, really? I won $33,000 for Hillsides, oh. which is a charity that I was introduced to by Dr. Drew, and it's in, been around for 100 years. And basically, the easy, it does a lot, but the thing that stands out to me is kids that were never adopted out of foster care that are oh. young adults, well, they'll help them get housing services, uh, career help, school that's so awesome. Yes, yeah, so like, really important. For so many people who don't have the support that luckier people do, yeah. being able to have people there, especially who will give you mental health care mm-hmm. and be there for you as you're figuring out who you are, it's so important. I very briefly thought it was Hill Song that you were playing for, <laughs> and I was like, oh no, is Heather back on her bullshit? Uh, and then I was like, no, this is okay. <laughs> Uh, um, um, I should have known better. Heather is a Catholic. Her Christianity is of a distinctly Catholic flavor. But this is this is a non-denominational <laughs> nice thing. Yeah. Yes. Um, in choosing your charities as a celebrity, you kind of have yes. to be pretty careful about I, it and make sure. My favorite, my favorite was when Ariana, uh, Ariana Huffington did Celebrity Jeopardy. She played for her own, for like the Ariana Huffington Foundation. <laughs> and I was like, beautiful. You get that coin, Ariana. <laughs> Hillary Clinton, it's the Clinton Foundation. Yes. Yeah, 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 that would be a little suspect. But no, um, anyway, it's the but second time we played for that them. Is ignoring, that is ignoring when I asked you years yes. ago if you were going to start a charity of your own, what would your charity do? And I told you, Heather's for Heather's, helping Heather's stay hot for generations to come, where we encourage young <laughs> pregnant mothers who are attractive to name their daughters Heather. And then the money that we raise, we give them, you know, baby stuff, strollers, yes. little outfits. So that it's not a name that is lost. So Because it it's, you know, really in a serious, uh, it's it like an endangered. It doesn't go the way of Linda. It's an endangered, it's an yes. endangered species right now. It's not happening. Yes. And, you know, I get a lot of Juicy Scoopers that come up to me and they, they're like, I'm sorry, but I'm not naming her Heather. I'm naming her Lily or something. And I'm like, it's okay. You can still be a Juicy Scooper. But- this episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you, were you excited to be? It's not on, taking off, by the way. The charity is not were doing you, well. Were you excited to be on a classic, like 1970s style game show? Did you feel like at one with all of the people who were on the pyramid back when you were watching in grade school? Like, um, and what songs did you have? I didn't watch them. Okay, honestly, I was really bad at it. But uh, Kevin Nealon was worse. But you so, also, and I was going up against Kevin Nealon. But, you, but you I have was a deep pop culture sense. But you also sometimes have trouble remembering the name of things. Right. So like, I would go, "Oh my god, I know this is the singer, or I know this is the 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 next line in the song," because yeah. I just play like a little. But I wouldn't know the title. Yeah. And so honestly, I was pretty bad. But the one that I did that I. Then God came down and blessed me. Yes. And the question was, um, you know, you got to go to your challenger, who's Kevin. And and the song came up and they're like, how many notes do you think that you can get it in? And yeah. then he might say, oh, I can do it less or call your yes. bluff. And then he has a chance to win it and yes. say, oh, now I want 10 notes instead of five. And the question had to do with Annie. So Annie was in the title, but uh-huh. I can't remember what the question was. But I knew right away, I'm like, I know it's the sun will come out tomorrow. Yeah. I know it. So I said, I can do it in one note. And everyone's like, what? Oh, that's awesome. And then they did it. Oh, and then I knew it. I heard. What three... a beautiful big dick move to get to pull in a classic forum. And I got to sing. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go, what's the, they go, what's the answer? And I go, tomorrow, tomorrow, I love ya, tomorrow. And I was like, oh my God, I was so excited for my sister Shannon to see it because our, we were both Annie in like local plays. Yes. And whenever my parents would have like some real estate clients come over, we they like pimped us out and we'd have to sing like tomorrow. We forget what a cultural phenomenon Annie was. Like I remember it came out when I was in like kindergarten or something and there were so many girls in like second and third grade who were like, this is my personality now. Yeah, like yeah. this is who I am as a person who really likes Annie. Yes. So I was Annie numerous times, um, like in summer plays where they do like the best of Broadway. Yes. And then, you know, like everyone could at least have like a part. You just do a couple, yes. which is, by the way, kids and people running theater departments in high schools, do best of Broadway. Uh huh. You We do not need to see the entire boring thing. Just do the best of Broadway. And then that way, so many more kids have a solo. It's so much more entertaining yes. for the parents. It's all, all hits. Well, you know that like um, we're having like a cultural moment. Like, do you know what the Jimmy Awards are? No, what is that? It's awards for high school drama. Oh god! And the yeah. the like the presentations are always like ridiculous. But like uh, Renee Rapp, who is in um, uh, Mean Girls and Sex Lives of College Girls, and is a pop star and everything like that. And then the kid who is in the Jennifer Lawrence rom com. Uh, both won Jimmy's the same year. And so people are like saying like, hey, look, 10 years ago they won this high school award and now they both have careers that are exploding. And so... I love that. That's a good, like, you know, I really, you know, came up from my bootstraps kind of a thing. Yes. I saw, I thought this was kind of funny. You know how the new flex is that like I came from nothing and I was poor, I had no connections, yes. whatever. And, you know, that's why when I win my speech, I'm going to be like, and to my grandmother... 
Kenny Morrison, who came over here on a boat <laughs> in 1915. To think that I could be here a little over 100 years later is amazing. <laughs> um, but uh, I was watching uh, Paul Giamatti, who yes. won for his uh, role, holdovers. which I want to see. But I saw him want, win for the Golden Globes as well. And he was like, this is a really important thing for me. I'm, I came from a family of teachers. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty humble. And I'm imagining like these two pe- people coming home and one is teaching third grade math and the other one is doing the science and they just mm. live in a middle class home. And there's Paul. And so anyway, when he won the last time, whatever the critic's choice or something, the reporter's like, and um, and he goes, yes, you know, because I came from a family of teachers. And he's like, yes, your dad was the president of Yale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And he goes, that's well, wonderful. I mean, but there were other teachers and he had to be a teacher to get to that place. Uh. And I'm like, he, you're still a great actor. Yeah. But don't try to, no. like, don't try to, like, we got it. Like, you probably I, got into Yale. I'm sure you did Yale drama school, and I'm sure you were super talented and really, really good. But like, let's not not everybody sugarcoat what this is. Access to I came from nothing. You yes. Know? Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. Don't try to jump on someone's thing. Um, okay, we're gonna get into the the Emmys and stuff, but yes. I did uh, watch Vanderpump Rules, yes. the premiere after the whole scandal. It's back. Yes. Um. So. It's out. People are going to watch it. And I want to say it's really, it is really good. They're finally not acting like anyone really works at the restaurant anymore, uh-huh. which I like. Yes. Because, I mean, Lisa is just reducing her presence in the greater <laughs> Beverly Hills, West Hollywood area. You know, Tom Tom is still thriving, but, like, Lisa's shifting the business model, and we respect that. To uh, a state where there's less taxes. Thank you, Nevada. Yes. And a better model for sure. But... What's well, now? We know about the scandal. You know that Tom yes. Sandoval cheated with Rachel Raquel, yes. and so we see Ariana, and they're living in the house together. But they make it very clear: Tom is doing that Navy Seal show. I like that they didn't act like he was out, you know, polishing glasses. They, no. We said it. It's it's what's happening. Thank God. We Thank God. We understand how the reality world works. This is just what these people do. It's, right. They share their lives on TV now. Yeah. It's They started out as waiters. It's really not that anymore. So that was good. And um, we just are starting to see them like, are they going to be able to go out? Are they going to hang out with each other? And then, um, but then Lala starts to feel bad about Raquel. And she meets with Lisa Vanderpump and she goes, you know, I was with this guy who I thought was going to be the love of my life. Everyone told me I was the other woman, but I didn't really see it that way because he kept telling me what our life would be like together. And then in the end, her guy, Randall, mm-hmm. cheated on her too, and now they're going through a custody battle. So she reaches out to call Raquel, mm-hmm. and then she has to tell Ariana, I left her an audio voice message. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of thought, that's interesting for for them because it's like Ariana's like okay but like she was really nice about it but again it's like well we all we all said how much we hated this girl and she like destroyed our lives and stuff and now you're reaching out but then also it's a TV show yes and so I think they're sort of giving her a little slack even though of like okay we get it Lala like you don't necessarily really want to reconnect with this person but 
you, you know, it would be good because they wanted to come back on the show. The thing is, is once somebody has been sort of like the arch villain of a season, they either have to be brought back into the fold or leave the show. You can't have somebody. We all got very tired of everyone yelling at Erica Jane for three seasons. And it's yeah. like now she's back in the heart of like the bosom of Abraham and <laughs> things are fine and other people can have fights. And I think it just is necessary. And I also think like also it's Vanderpump rules. It is like sexy people who do bad things like yeah. sexy people are going to do bad things. Yes. So um, the sandwich shops, they talk about the sandwich shop. Uh-huh. Are you familiar with the struggles of the sandwich shop? I'm not. Well, Ariana and Katie had always wanted a sandwich shop when they were both married or with their Toms. So when the Toms were putting together their Schwartz and Sandys, yes. they were like, we should have a sandwich shop. Yes. Well, then the scandal broke and they're like, we're moving on with the sandwich shop. And they get this adorable little place. I think it's on Robertson. And they get the set designer for Nancy Myers or her decorator oh, really? to do it. And it's super cute. And they find all these yummy sandwiches. And, you know, I'm like, you should do a sandwich called the better half, which is just a half a sandwich because <laughs> everyone wants a half a sandwich. And it's and they're getting cute teacups and everything. But then they had all this trouble with the city where they now had to scrape their patio and then they didn't have permits for this and for that. Meanwhile, Ariana in real life came in like second with Dancing with the Stars and is now Roxy Hart on Broadway. And she has a boyfriend in New York. And. And I'm, we're watching this, Peter are watching this, and he goes, wait, they're going to be making sandwiches? I'm like, or they can make $30,000 on a post. I right. mean, I just, yes. I think it's like. Well, do you think anytime someone on a reality show starts a new business, they are just thinking, this could be my spinoff? Yes and no. I think that they were like, this could be something that, yeah, a spinoff with cameras, but without, too. Like, uh, this could be something that could be really good, and we could have several of them. I mean, the thing is, is, like, the passive income of business, I do think you have to take care of the business a little bit. You know, you have to be somebody who has a mind for that, and I think that if you are, if you're if you're doing it with cameras, it makes sense. If you're doing it without cameras, you really need to be one of those people who's like, because, like, Overhead on Robertson is going to be high. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be yeah. so hard. It's sandwiches, so it's not like you're making that easy money off the booze. Right. I mean, maybe they have a wine and beer. Like, I don't know. But then people were like, you know, is this, was this true? Yes. I talked to them. I know that this was a real intention. But that's why it's also hard um, when people have a partner in anything, whether yes. it's a podcast or real estate, whatever, because one person might get another opportunity, like starring as Roxy Hart, and then you're like, do I... What do I do with this sandwich shop? Here's here's the thing, though. One important factor in all of this is the idea of Los Angeles character breakfasts. Like, <laughs> when people from the Midwest come, having a location where you can go and the likelihood of you saying one of the sexy people you love from television is high, that's a really, like, that's something to bring you in. But if people are going to be consistently, like, starring as Roxy Hart on Broadway or spending so much time doing their, like, yoga wellness hosts uh, posts and and integrated content that they only show up for 15 minutes it's like it's a hard thing yeah, yeah. It, I, it's a it's a hard thing but we'll see i still i still would love it to open but um if it doesn't i think we understand why and i don't think people should be mad at them for it like it's a freaking pain in the ass I, it's hard i would like to premise this question by saying i have started the long drive through atlanta and uh um, real housewives of atlanta yes okay and in learning like as I go through and sort of like learn about the history of these characters, I realize just how many characters have had spin-off shows 
And, you know, like, that there was tardy for the party, that there is oh, married to medicine. tardy for the party. Well, you know and, what's happening to them. But, but yes, but my question is yeah. essentially, do is Vanderpump Rules the version of that Housewives spinoff show that was most successful? And do you think it is because Lisa was smart enough to center people other than herself? A hundred percent. She was so smart. And yeah. Brandy Glanville will say, the whole reason it's a success, a success is because of me. Oh, really? Because... It was because she had the thing with Shayna, right? Because Shayna, Sheena, sorry, Sheena, Shana, sorry. Sheena, Sheena um, according to her, unbeknownst to her, had yes. a thing with Eddie Sibriel, and she did not know about Brandy Glanville, or if she knew he was married, he was telling her he was yes. getting divorced, whatever the classic. And but then he then later on cheated with Leanne Rhimes, who now he's been with for right. like twelve years or something. But at the time, even though he was with Leanne Rhimes, Brandy didn't love. Sheena and then Sheena worked at the restaurant so they filmed this they knew about this then they filmed this thing and then the way it was it was the most genius thing so Real Housewives of Beverly Hills ends and they're at a restaurant and then they literally like go through a a kitchen door and like end up at the the restaurant and then you meet all the people. The the backdoor pilot of Vanderpump Rules is is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah. Like I really was just sort of like, I I haven't watched the show still, but like I watched the backdoor pilot and I was just like, I want to watch that show. Well, here's the thing. It's like Brandy could say it's because of me, but it's really because of Sheena. Sheena was shared the honesty about it, has stuck with it. She got married. She got divorced. She's, Got married again. She has a baby. I mean, she's been on this for the whole time doing stuff. Follow-up question. Yes. Just, like, as a gay man, I have a different relationship to sort of, like, um, sense of ownership over someone you're in a relationship with. And I just wonder, like, do you think that somebody like Brandy ends up, like, super blaming Sheena because Eddie is the father of my children and there's a way that I can never stop, like... Why is it so easy to blame this person who's a stranger to you instead of the person who stood in front of a crowd and said, I will love you forever? Like, do you... That is such a good point. Like... Because women are awful sometimes. <laughs> we're kind of... We're harder on each other. We're awful. I mean, why is it that, there, you know, in cases women will side with a guy and even in a in a fight or whatever, they always side with the guy. They just... But I, think I don't when, know. I think when you have children, I imagine that when you have children, there's a way that, like... This person will always be part of your life. Right. So you feel so in many cases people feel invested in just like keeping hold of something, you know? Yeah. And I just think with the whole thing, why this scandal was so interesting is because Raquel and and Ariana were friends. Yeah. They were really close. The deception goes so much deeper than Sheena meeting some hot actor and him being like, yeah, my wife and I live separate lives or whatever he said. And he was just cute and it was just fun and she was just an aspiring actress. That's like a totally different situation than than going after your best friend's dude, you Uh know? It's just completely different. Well, like, actors who have to play people in a couple so frequently end up cheating with each other. And do you think there is the same kind of, like, heightened erotic state for people on reality shows do you think no i think from what i've heard from raquel who's now speaking her truth uh, it it was like they got together they bitched about filming when they weren't together just like any yes. other co-workers and then they were just attracted and they both felt it and they went for it and nobody stopped tom is super hot and it went on for seven months yes and then she was believing what he was saying and what 
she believed their life could be once he officially broke up with her. And then the reason I'm not doing it right now is because we are on a show. And we got to wait for the show to end. And then there can be a little break. And then we can act like we bumped into each other. I don't know what their plan was. Eventually, we might know more. Everyone's given their side of the story. But what's kind of funny about watching it now is this still was done a long time ago. But they are, like, a little bit able to, like, make fun of it a uh-huh. little bit just right now like it's like time does heal all wounds yes and so i think that's kind of fun to watch because they are all like very funny and entertaining in as somebody right. who is not watching the show is there anyone who is desperately fighting for air it just feels like scandoval has like so occupied the space are there any no okay because what's interesting is for a few years they tried to get like different bus boys and they cast people yeah. and they push these other people on us Thinking like we need another, we need a 2.0 cast because these people are getting older and they may leave. Yes. Now, as you can see in this photo, um, it's only the main players. Yeah. It's DJ James, Sheena, Tom Sandoval, Tom Schwartz, Ariana, Lala, Katie, and um, Lisa. That's it. I mean, we're going to see a couple other people, but all the other people that were like, you know, on the third shift on a yeah. Monday. They're not coming. Those waitresses are not part of this anymore. How do you feel about the place of c- combining whites and neutrals uh, amongst our oh, young, sexy photo? people? I think this looks good. I mean, it uh, like... I'm, I'm glad they didn't do the purple. Like, like purple is the background, cream is the middle. I think this is good. And then that... And then that Lisa wore solid white pants. No, I think they all look great. I'm a little annoyed with everyone wearing cream at all times these days. It was like... You know what I think it is that no one ever thinks about? What? It is a real flex to say, mm-hmm. I'm going to wear a white pantsuit with a cream trench. Yes. And I'm going to go out and eat. And uh, I'm such a classy bitch. Who is that I'm person? I'm not going to spill coffee. Yes. Who is I'm that person? I'm not going to sit on a dirty bench. Yeah. It, it like it's iconic, and it's like a rich per. It's a rich thing too, because I never think of going all white or wearing yes. all white. But now I'm starting to think about it. Well, also, gay guys started wearing like, cr- like cream or tan speedos, mm. like five years ago. Wow! But it and it was kind of like, what is he naked? And you know, oh okay. Yes. Well, they, we always copy the gays. They yes. always start it. So I thought it. I thought it was rich ladies in New York. So probably not. It's gay guys in West Hollywood. Um. So we let's talk a little bit. There were several shows, in, you know, in the last two weeks. There was the Globes with yes. Joe Coy. There was Critics' Choice with our girl Chelsea. Yes. And then Anthony Anderson did the Emmys. So I will just say I thought he did great. Yes. I thought it was whoever thought of let's do old sitcom songs and celebrate that versus like hard jokes of pointing at people in the audience was freaking brilliant. Well, and also having so many casts from long-running shows that never won an Emmy. Yeah. I thought was like a beautiful thing to say like it's always funny in it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Like good for you. You get to be here. Like remember how great you are. Um Right. It was I thought it was really nice and it played to his skills because he's not Anthony Anderson isn't a stand-up, is he? No. I don't think um, he was ever a stand-up. He's just always I, a comedic actor. Yeah, yeah, and so like he was able to pull it off. I did think like when they brought in Natasha Leone and Tracy Ellis Ross to do the thing from um, uh, I Love Lucy, it was the hardest because it is like it's an iconic comedy moment. You're just never going to be funnier than Lucille Ball and um, what's her name? <laughs> um, uh Vivian Vance. Yes. But I thought like the thing is, is like Tracy Ellis Ross has those multicam skills, those sketch comedy skills yeah. of being able to like throw herself at it. And I thought it was really fun. 
I also really liked that at the Critics' Choice Awards, I I like jokes. I like jokes and, um, you know, Joe Coy was in the hardest possible situation at the Golden Globes. It's a live show in front of, like, very famous people who are even just as stand-ups, we understand that like sitting at tables and having like food and drinks in front of you. Right. Is not ideal. It's the worst. It's the worst possible situation. And he had very little time to put it all together. And it was it was rough to watch. But well, I yeah, go ahead. I just love that Chelsea did it artfully because I want to see it done well. Well, this is what I think the difference between Joe Coy and Chelsea is. Yes. Chelsea has had experience of doing being with celebrities for many, many, many years. Joe Coy is really a one man band, and his his success is him going out and doing these enormous arenas and for like people building that community. Yeah, that yeah. people just absolutely adore him. So collaboratively, he certainly doesn't have the experience, but he doesn't also have the experience of being in the A list celebrity world. Yes. And she already did it the year before. And also, she just was more she's more comfortable up there or surrounded by those people. So once you're comfortable, the audience was more comfortable. And the audience wasn't very comfortable with him because he wasn't comfortable. Well, and also the idea of collaboratively. It was a situation where, according to him, like they'd offered it to several people and he only got the job 10 days beforehand. Right. And like Chelsea is used to having writers. For decades, she has had writers and, you know, knows how to manage them. Um Hopefully better now than 10 years ago. Yeah. But, um, and clearly she does. Clearly she does. But, like, that, there is that thing of, like, if the call came for a big opportunity 10 days from now, you have worked as a writer. Yeah. You would know exactly who, like, you would call me and Allison Faust, and, you know, you would know who to go to as your people. And the thing is, is, like, what Joe Coy does is solo work, and I think he just didn't immediately have, like, these are the people who are going to write me if, killer jokes. If and when I get the call, I will be calling you. But I also will have the attitude of like, if I bomb, this is still going to be the biggest moment in my career for right. me. Yes. You know, so like, that's why you say yes, though 10 people said no. Yes. But why someone at a different level will turn it down. Yeah. Because they're like, this could only hurt me. The, like, it's not like first I thought, is this hurting Joe Coy? And then I'm like, absolutely not. Because Just his audience, yeah. his audience is so freaking loyal. They treat him like a brother. And yeah. if, if they feel like their brother got a little beat up this week, yes. they're going to go in droves to see his live show. And then if he can be funny and humble, because he's, he's he can be very self deprecating in his comedy. Yeah. So if he can bring this moment. To the stage, it'll be fresh. Yes. It'll be a fresh Hollywood story, like a Kathy Griffin type of Hollywood story yes. that you know people love to hear. That's where I would go with it. Um, I kind of I thought a better thing to do was to just not apologize and not say anything and kind of save it like Chris Rock did. Yes. But instead, he went and did an interview. I think it was with the LA Times, and he kind of was like defending his. And I'm like, I would have said, don't just don't do anything. Let people forget about it. Come out. And be like, you guys, that was a fucking nightmare. Well, like, uh, you know, whatever. And then have so, everyone just, you know, join in with you. It's so hard when the media's attention is on you. Mm -hmm. Like, you have had those moments when there was, like, something going down and, like, 
the media's attention is on you and there's such an inclination to respond and being able to be like self-possessed and just sort of say like I'm gonna control how I respond to this it's really really hard it's much easier said than done and when you're living in it and it's like that's why you need just like a sober coach you need like a social media you need literally someone that's gonna be like I'm not letting you be alone with your phone we're gonna go to Cabo we're gonna da 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 you're gonna literally have blinders on we're not gonna let you know anybody see any of this and think about what we're gonna do but it's hard because I think you still have the yes man people that are kind of like oh no it wasn't that bad a lot right. of people are, look I know there's some mean comments but look at all the good ones and all of that he'll like I said he'll be more than fine but he was never gonna be in the Hollywood in the acting world really ever again but yeah. he'll always do well as this huge massive st- stand-up in my opinion so this is only gonna help his like world domination uh, at the arenas but i thought it was so great that anthony anderson was just like i i'm going to do something else yeah i, I love it going to approach it in that way uh, it ended up being a, and he got to sing also uh, something i'd like to do wait what did he sing he got to sing a lot of the the, oh, the, the theme songs yeah yes. and, he, and he wasn't even and trying to be good but he could still kind of remember, carry a tune remembering how good the jefferson's theme song is is just i mean it's, well also i just thought it, i love that because you know, he was like saying, you know, oh, I had a crush on Tootie or what talking about it. Yeah. And I, you know, I always remember when I was writing with the Wayans Brothers yeah. and I was like, oh, I loved Good Times. And they're all looking oh, at me. Oh, the Good Times theme song. Sorry. Yeah, they're all looking at me like, you did? Yeah. And I remember Keenan was like, I want to know, like, growing up and watching it, like, what did you think? And I was like 27 and I just said... I remember thinking, I'm so jealous how close their friends live to them. Yeah. That they're next door. To me, I never, I didn't think of it as like, oh, these, this is what it's like if you don't have a lot of money and you live in the projects. I was like, oh, this is a different kind of well, family. I, and I think that's what was so good about those shows is that it exposed the world, but in a positive way. Well, also those network shows, you just, back in the 70s and 80s, we just watched television and we're like, if this is on, it's relevant to us. Yeah. And, like, there were there were black shows that, like, as a white person, you were just like, well, this must be relevant to me. It's on television. I have to tell you. Yes. There is a, like, fifth season episode of Good Times where um, she goes to the doctor and there is a light-skinned black doctor who is very condescending to them because of their social status and... Um, she refer like she refers to them as you people, and there's a moment where the mom says, "And who do you think you are, Debbie Boone?" And I always remembered that joke. And the thing is, is as a fat person, when you go to the doctor, doctors are so frequently really condescending to you and don't listen to you. And the number of times that I've gone back and watched that episode of Good Times, just to sort of like think about and realize that it was modeled for me that. There were are people who will be there are medical service providers who will be condescending to you and not take you seriously and you have to advocate for yourself. You wouldn't think naturally or normally that this show for black people uh, about like issues that were relevant to African Americans in the 70s in the projects would like be something that was like a useful tool that I carry around in my life, but it is a useful tool that I carry around in my life. Okay, well this is my good time, two good time moments. Okay. There are a few. But one was um when she's like fighting with her husband about something, uh-huh. um, Florence was her name, yes. the character, and she he goes, a woman, a woman, and she goes, don't say it, don't say it, and he goes, is only meant to be in the kitchen or the bedroom, and I remember watching that and seeing her get angry and being like, oh my god, you know that people would think that, and like, yeah. I, and I'm like, you know, say, I also thought it was 
interesting that the only that the girl had her own bedroom. Yes. But the boys had to share yeah. the couch because the girl had to have her own bedroom, which yes. is also like a thing culturally that is sort of interesting. Yeah. Like, you know, that to protect her and that no, nobody's getting at her and like yes. the darker side of that. Yes. And and then the other one of course was Janet Jackson playing Penny yeah. who had an abusive mother yeah. and I was like Oh my god! And seeing like the iron mark on her back. Yeah, I remember that episode so. Yeah, and it's just like how. I mean, I just don't know that there's kids today well, that watch something as a child and will remember it the way we're talking about a show right now. Because I think that they are. There is such effort made to insulate them from darker things because parents don't want to have to have these conversations. Yeah, and like when you think about the way that like primetime network television was saying like, well, now you have to have a talk to your kids about molestation because like Arnold went to the bike shop and oh, yeah. yeah and like you um you know we like we all remember what's her name on um on Punky Brewster getting locked in the refrigerator like you understand you don't play in a refrigerator <laughs> yeah well i remember i wrote a paper at SC about how um how depressing how many depressing storylines were in 70s sitcoms yeah. versus that there were like none in the 80s. It, All the 80s, like the the 81s, they did not have these depressing real moments. These like, you know, one day at a time where she's crying and she's like, <laughs> All these moments of Bonnie Franklin, like being a single mom. And we saw that in the 70s. And then the 80s, it was more of the positive happy, which was what was being... I, fed to us. It know? is interesting because I have gone back in the recent past and watched a bunch of the Norman Lear sitcoms from yeah. the 70s and they are so good. It's like watching a good play. Like they're they're so smart and so funny at the same time. And then I've gone back and watched a couple of 1980s sitcoms and they are just like f- like forgettable cotton candy. Yeah. I know. Is Norman Lear still alive? No. Uh, I think is we he? just we just lost him. Okay. Well, let's talk about the important stuff. Fashion uh, Aubrey Plaza wore this. Did you see? Did you see somebody who made it? Um, the post-it yes, from, <laughs> from Sex in the City. So she had a yellow dress on with this weird top of it, yellow with a, a big needle through it. And someone, I think it's, uh, I think it's someone who runs a, a Sex in the City fashion account yes. on Instagram. So apologize for not. But it said um, it was the breakup post-it that Carrie got. They just wrote it on there. I mean, I as somebody who worked at Fashion Police, there is sort of like the trauma and joy of remembering. I would have had to have stayed up all night long writing 60 jokes just about that dress. Do you have some work to give us right now? No, I don't. I'm sorry. Um, oh, oh, oh. And then the pregnant um, girl. She said... Uh, Suki Waterhouse. Sorry, no. Go back. Okay, I have a yeah. joke. I have a joke. Okay. Um, Aubrey's post-it I, I, uh, her stylist. Her stylist said, well, we have to figure out what you're going to wear at the Emmys. And Aubrey said, let's put a pin in that. Good. <laughs> Um, this girl is pregnant, Suki Waterhouse, and she wore a big red gown, but basically she just had the, the top part be like a bib, like a big square bib. So we got a full back, side tit, and then you got to see the, the stomach is, from the side. I will say Aubrey Plaza was taking a stab, or a poke rather, at like real fashion, and I respect it. Like okay. it, it was big. This, I think, is dumb. This is just I listen. I do think there's something to be said when you just go look. I just want some press. I'm yeah. I, I actually don't want to look good. I just want some press. No, that's there's this one 
singer-songwriter Bonnie something or other, Bonnie McRae, is that her name? She always shows up to the Grammys wearing the most ridiculous outfit, and on Fashion Police we always covered her because she did that, and she's like a very successful songwriter who has a solo career of her own that doesn't get enough attention, and she would just be like, I'm gonna show up wearing something batshit, and you're gonna cover me. And I, I respect that, but this is of the school of I'm pregnant, but I still have a hot body. And I think there are smarter ways of doing it than that. Well, as someone who was pregnant twice and wasn't famous at the time and never milked it, I wore maternity bathing suits. I didn't wear bikinis where my big stomach was out. I didn't like walk around with my stomach out. And I am jealous. And I do think Uh if I was ever to have the second company pregnant again, I would be milking it out and walking around the earth like I'm the only person that's ever given birth, which is what a lot of people do. I love when somebody, I just like be a little bit cheekier about it, have a little bit more fun with it. This is just kind of- It's not cute. It's it's not cute. It's not cute. I mean, the way that that skirt just goes enormous underneath. And like, I'm just imagining the gapping when you sit down. Yes. Um, This was Princess, she's a drag queen, and she went as a green goblin with like extreme- Makeup, uh, like I think this is beautiful. Drag Race always so, and Drag Race won. Drag Race so frequently wins for makeup, and I think like show up with your skills. Like yeah. the wonderful thing about drag queens is that they can turn themselves into beautiful women. Yes, but also you can do anything with it. And like just having her in the background of shots as a goblin was thrilling to me. And I think the best thing about RuPaul's Drag Race, and they just sent me this great packet, so I got a cute sweatshirt. You judged, right? Oh, you were on Snatch Game. I got to be on Snatch Game. Yeah. I got a sweatshirt. I got a cute T-shirt. It's on MTV now. Ross Matthews is now a producer, so yes. he got an Emmy. They've won like 63 Emmys or been nominated. Yes. I don't know, so many wins. But I think the best thing that it's done is made this art form this huge segment of entertainment. Yes. That these that these drag queens and, you know, can you can go to a drag show, you can go to a drag brunch, you can go on a drag cruise. You could like they had they were able, they are able to have full blown entertainment careers like stand-ups do, yes. and they never were before. The so trouble, I think that's the best the part about it. The trouble is that we are running dry. Like, our national supply, they do have a bunch of... Uh, There's no up-and-comers, you mean? I mean, now there are so many kids who, like, learn to do makeup on TikTok, but have never performed in real life who go on the show. Oh. And, like, there were these two absolutely beautiful boys who just, they were twins, Sugar and Spice, and they can't even dance. Like, they, they are good at makeup and they are beautiful. But they can't dance, and I do okay, think I have, that- a, I have a show for you. Yes, we bring back horrible Abby Lee, Abby Lee Miller. Yes, but she's only helping drag moms. She's only helping drag moms and their kids who are at least like fifteen. Like they got to be a little bit older so they know what they're doing. But she's helping them get well, their dance on. All right. One of the problems is one of the problems is is that na- it used to be that these drag queens came from horrible backgrounds where their parents rejected them, and that rage turned into art. And now they all have moms who sew for them, and I hate it. I think the answer is that we need. So it's become too supportive. Yes. The parents are too supportive, hence the art is not as good. So we need. To I love st- it. We need to start fracking our gay bars. <laughs> like we just, you know, when you get to the point when there's not enough oil left, so you have to pump water down in there. We just flood water into gay bars and then the good drag queens will come out. Speaking of this, did you see that J-Lo showed up at uh, the Abbey? Oh no! Wonderful. She came with her shoving her alcohol, Delano or whatever it's called. I don't even know what it is. Like a sparkling 
thing, and she, you know, is singing, a, you know, I can't get enough. Have you seen the video for Can't Get Enough? No. It is really weird and kind of bad. Oh, I should and, watch it. And, you know, I, I love J-Lo's music, and I love her look. But it's about, she's kind of mocked. The video is her having a bunch of weddings, but a couple yes. of the dresses are weird. And then the dancing is weird. The dancing is very weird on it. And so she goes to the Abbey, you know, on Emmy weekend, and she's, you know, filling drinks. Of course, the comment was, I think at one point she took a glass and went into the ice. Yes. Okay, so that's yes. a big no-no. To serve the drinks. The gays would have drank ice in a hot second if yes. it came from J-Lo. They don't yes. care. Um, but, yeah, so I, I was hoping you'd be there that day. I... Not that you... Uh, Troll the bar. Why but do I go to the Abbey? The thing never, is, is like you missed that day. The famous people always go to the Abbey, and I just want to say there's already a, a picture of Liz Taylor up at the Abbey. You're never gonna win at the Abbey. So, I want to see somebody go to High Tops. I okay, want to see so, somebody, you know, go to High Tops. Okay, yes, or, or Rocco's with your your beloved friend Lance. Like, right, he owns Rocco's. Yes. Okay, we'll do that. Um, this was a fluorescent green. Uh, Jessica Chastain. It looks really good. I wore this color when I went on Watch What Happens Live. How did it go? Everyone said they loved it, but I have to say I regret it. Yeah. I, mean, I think neon is too trendy. It comes and it goes. And, it, you know, I may never be back on that show. <laughs> and I wish I would have gone with something just more classic. I mean, her, with the re- with the red hair, I think it's bold. And also, yeah, I mean, it looks good. you're Jessica Chastain. You get to go to movie things. You get to go a lot Show, of, yeah. Showing up to the Emmys, you can do your B-side look. But I have to say, it's a very difficult time for Jessica Chastain right now. Okay? Why? Because... Greta Gerwig is our greatest Sacramentan. Greta, yeah. Greta Gerwig has staked out her territory as our yes. greatest Sacramentan. And Jessica Chastain, repeated Academy Award nominee, uh, Academy Award winner, Academy Award winner, has to be our second greatest uh, Sacramentan. And I think, you know, she like she doesn't know how to get her way out of this. Like, she's, you know, she's stuck there in the number two spot. Yes. Also, I can't believe Eyes of Tammy Faye won an Oscar. Or whatever it was called. The is, that, Tam- is that what she got it for? She won it for the Tammy Faye movie, right? I yeah. loved that movie. Oh, I thought it was fine. Okay. All right. Um, here we are with uh, Issa. Is it Issa Rae? Issa. Issa. Issa Rae. And I love, she went with just a big, not showing off the body, but a big, and she has a great body, big feathery thing. And I think this is smart. You're going, she got invited to everything. Yes. Her best dress was that orange, um, she had, wore like an orange, like crusted number two, I think. Yes. The Golden Globes. That was like one of the best dresses. She showed off the body there. So why not just be super chic? And also like that. And go for it. That little taste of I'm hosting a late 70s variety show. Like there's something very magnificent. And this is what like Barbara Streisand in her late 30s would have worn. This is what Marlo Thomas would have worn. I Like I really love it. And it's too much, but also sensible. I like... I, yeah. First of all, you know, don't wear black. Yes. Okay. And if you're going to a bunch of events, it is, I think it's good to get your brain going and be like, okay, I'm going to do three different, really different looks is smart. This was awful. Um, I thought she was so this cute is in the little performance. Calista Flockhart, Allie McBeal. The performance is cute. I just think it was ugly. And then you wanted this dress because you loved it. Uh, you no, want to I didn't. It? Oh, I you am didn't so love it. I'm so tired of Hannah Waddingham princessing. Okay, so the thing is, is like everybody's like, what am I gonna wear? And I feel like just size wise, just like capacity of the theater wise, 
Too many people are showing up to award shows saying, I'm the princess. Okay. And she has been princessing at the Emmys so hard. She, like, stands up in standing ovations, everyone who gets something. She, like, makes it about her a lot. Do you think she's what the kids would call a pick-me girl? Um, I mean, a little bit. I Like, I think she's a theater girl. Like, remember her acceptance speech from, it was the Emmys or the Globes a couple of years ago, where she was like, you know, more people should hire West End actors. <laughs> and I think she is, to her bone, a West End actor. Um, more people should give uh, girls from south of the Boulevard of the Valley yes. Emmys. Okay? Because um, we have it rough. <laughs> um but I come I, on the south. I, I come from the south side of Ventura. I like. I would love for her to show up in something, at one award show and have it be big f fashion. Like right. I mean, and that's what I have to say for Aubrey Plaza is like she didn't hit it out of the park this time. But she got people talking. At, or like Issa Rae showing up and being like, at this moment in time, I am a thirty-seven-year-old Diana Ross. Appreciate and it. I love it. Yes. And then um, I thought this was a really good dress. This is Carrie Russell. It and is. she did the long cape thing, which I am going to do when uh-huh. I go. Yes. Why not just come big and bold? You can always switch to a different dress for the after party. Yes. But for sitting in your seat and possibly going up there to get an award, have a train, have a cape, have a bustle. Like in, Do it. In everything you have to say, what is my moment? I just worry about... Are you spilling out of your seat? As somebody who in any situation will be spilling out of my seat just with my physical person. You don't I, want a cape. I'm well the thing is is I think if I did go, I would wear a cape. Yeah, why not? <laughs> and um yeah, so there there you go. And then this was just a classic gorge. Yes. I mean Megan Fahey, and she just wore like this beautiful blood red, just strapless, she's thin. It I, just was like so pretty. It I just mean, was so classic and pretty. Great. She looks beautiful in it. And like also was one of the people who like at an Emmys where pretty much the people you expected to win won, she was in one of the categories that was like, this is competitive. Yeah. Good for her. And then I thought, this is Donald Glover. I mean, he's good at the job. And I just like, you know, when he didn't wear the classic tux, he did I, like a little embroidery. Anthony Anderson also wore like flowered embroideries on a tux. I kind of like that. Like, A, you have to do so little as a man to be doing something daring. Yeah. And also, I do think um, like the black, the stylist for black men, like the the black stylists who work predominantly with black male um performers do more interesting stuff. Yeah. Like um but this is like this is beautiful. It's such magnificent detail work. Uh and it's also not like so frequently the answer for guys now is just like don't wear a shirt and show off that I have a good torso. And I like that this is not just that. that yes. It is... I think it's fun that pe- that they play around just into the classic thing. Yes. Okay, I thought this was interesting because they got together for the Grey's Anatomy co-stars. And it just, for Juicy Scoop history. Yes. Do you remember when Katherine Heigl pissed off Shonda Rhimes, got 100%. kicked off the show? Yes. And who was the, um, her best friend who was gay on the show? Oh, yes. Um, uh, what was, uh, well, he wasn't T.R. There. Knight. T.R. Knight. T.R. Knight. What has happened to T.R. Knight? I mean, the thing about Grey's Anatomy being on for so long is that there are people who were like, stars of the show who left the show and then are just nowhere. I'm sure he has like a respectable drama series that nobody watches that he's on. So there was T.R. Knight and T.R. Knight accused the 
other actor yes. who's black. What was Something his name? Washington. That he, he said that he called him a derogatory term. Yes. And I feel like all three of them just ended up leaving the show shortly after. Yes. And, and that is always rough when somebody points out discrimination and then they end up feeling so uncomfortable. It's very retaliatory. It makes me very sad. When someone points it out? When somebody, like, when somebody says this person did something wrong to right. me and then they are the person who ends up losing their job. Right. And yeah. then, well, then um, she went on the red carpet, Catherine Heigl, and at one point dissed the writers. Also yes. something not good to do, which yes. is basically Shonda Rhimes. So then she went on to do, you know, she thought she was going to be a movie star forever. She had all those, yes. what I like to call dry bar movies. Yes. When you get your hair blown out, they play yes. them over and over, which is like, you know, um, 27 Bridesmaids. 27 and Dresses. Dresses, yeah. All that, all those crappy movies. Yes. And he said, she said. I went said to it. all of them in the theater. Oh my God, me too. And it was just always like, doo, 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 with yes. all that music that plays, that dorky music I of mean, like, don't, don't, like whoever's sh- doing the sound editing of those stupid 2000 movies it as they're be, like trying to get ready for a date. It would be wrong to say she single handedly suffocated the romantic comedy, but maybe she <laughs> did. And but I was I loved I loved the humility yes. of coming out and saying I yeah. am willing to be here with uh, my Grey's Anatomy crew. I am happy and ready to work, and I am still six inches taller than Ellen Pompeo. Yes, and um, but yeah, I remember we were on the round table, and I said something. I'm like, she suffers from. Catherine Heigl syndrome, which is where you believe the hype of your gay best friend too much. Yes. And I'm like, I have T I blame TR Knight for her being becoming quite pompous as the Grey's Anatomy girl. Yes. I mean, but then you also have a team of people that are like, we're gonna get you absolutely. movies and this she and that. Was... And, and would you rather do a movie about bridesmaids dresses or learn 17 pages of medical terms overnight? And she was in like she was in the uh like uh um what was the pregnancy one called? Not forty year old virgin. Um, but right. Uh, but she was in like yes. a huge romantic comedy. Judd Apatow. That one was yes. cute. She yeah. Was, she was in a huge romantic comedy. I like everything was on her side. I think it made sense. And I think it is unfair to like. I don't know. I think we're inclined to say like a, a woman was experiencing hubris because she believed in herself. Where you're right. You know. Yes. You are totally right. Again, we don't say that about a guy. So true. Um, this Vogue did this photo and it is uh, happy birthday Kate Moss and I saw it and I was like this is not a flattering naked photo of her and it was from whenever 10 years ago or who knows when and the comments are like you did her wrong like also I think whenever this photo was taken having kind of a flat ass was still acceptable and so I think people are not used to seeing like a real body it's like her naked body twisted and turned but Again, I wouldn't be thrilled if that was what Vogue posted to say happy birthday to me. I would be like, really? Could you ask me first? I, as a fat, get kind of annoyed with people who made a living off of having a perfect body or being extremely skinny. Okay. Turning 47 and then saying like, let's all have real bodies. Hey, (laughs) accept yourself. And uh, like you're I, right, you're and, right. And this, like, I think it's a really beautiful photo. I think it is like um, an homage to like um, like Rubens and and those sort of like um, y- you know the statues Bro- of the arts. Bruegel, like yeah. uh, I think Bruegel, uh, but like you know the sort of like 
uh, 17th century sort of like voluptuous courtesan sort of buttocks kind of thing. And I think it looks really good, but I am like... uh, I think the bigger thing is, yes, Vogue magazine obviously owns the photo. She did a photo shoot with them. They said happy birthday. Maybe she approved it. We may not know the backstory, but I would hope that if you were going to do something like that, that wasn't just like you and like, you know, modeling from 1975 and you're, you know, wearing like a Ralph Lauren blazer or whatever. If it was anything more risque than that, I think you should ask the person. Even though you've signed off, you don't own the photos anymore. I just think that would be the classy thing for Vogue to do and be like, hey, you down with this photo? We wanted to give you a happy birthday. I mean, like that's... That's a really, really good point. I think there is sort of an assumption that models are just understand that their bodies are out there. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know how protective of them we can be when it is like something they have chosen to commodify about themselves. I just have an issue when you get in the door by being hotter than me, and then once you're in the door, you say, "Hey, why can't we all go to seed?" I'm like, "Calm down." I agree. Um, let's talk about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Have you watched it at all? Okay, I have only seen the cultural impact of I have the receipts, I have the websites. What is it? Um, well, the stuff I want to talk to you about today okay. is just what the juicy thing that came out on last night's episode. Okay. Which is, okay, so Monica, this one at the bottom, uh-huh. she, you know, was, she's quite a shady past. Uh-huh. She had an affair with her husband's sister's husband. So Wonderful. her brother-in-law for 18 months. Yes. Then got divorced and she had a a marriage before that, so she is, you know, she's been divorced twice, cheated, whatever. Then she's got this mother. And the mother was featured on the show uh-huh. and they fight horribly to each other. Uh-huh. Like say F you and all this other like horrible to each other on the show. And a lot of people are like and myself included, this feels very like they're acting. Yeah. We now know that she set out to get on the show. She made friends with Jen Shaw. She worked with oh, Jen wait, Shaw. Oh, wait, I did see that, yes. Yeah. I, so she set out to get on the show. She started a fake account called yes. um, Reality Von Teese where yes. she would share all the stuff. Now, um, there's a a um, another site that, that covers all the stuff. It's, it's called All About the Real Housewives. And they just came out with an article saying, according to them and allegedly, that on the reality of Antis, which she ran a couple with a couple other people, they released these videos of Jen Shaw treating her staff horribly, screaming yeah. at them. And, and people were like, how did they ever get those videos? Well, according to this, when she went and befriended Jen Shaw and was working with her, she said, you should have surveillance cameras here. And she set it up, but the cameras went to her phone. And that is why she had all those things to then expose. Because I remember corresponding with Reality Vontis because she was exposing how awful Jen Shaw was to her fashion designer and her staff and everything with these videos that she was putting out there. She then hides that identity, gets on the show, has her mother come on the show with her. And last night, she really reveal, re- reveals how awful the mother is. And the mother is awful. She's awful. But the mother is what made her awful, too. The mother is one of those mothers who's totally narcissistic and really jealous of her daughter. So you think she's really a monster and not performing monster? I think she's both. Okay. I think she is a monster. I think you could also feel sorry for her because she does have a horrible mother and she did have some bad things happen to her. But the calculating the and being fake to people's faces, I will never forgive reality show or not. Yeah. This isn't traitors. 
This was a reality show. You're supposed to look at that when you're acting like when you're being their friend. You're supposed to be their friend. So just to clarify, so she went and was like, "You should get these cameras." Yes. And she was like, "According to this," and, and story, she was like, yeah. "Oh, where do I do that?" And she and she's like, "I'll set it all up." I mean, that's genius, and it makes me wonder about like the well, le- the well, legality of it because this person was agreeing to do this. With her, I mean. Well, it's like, listen, anybody that's trying to be um, an assistant to an entertainer yes. in 2024, good fucking luck. Oh, because I literally so she was am her terrified. She was kind of her glorif- one oh, of her glorified wonderful. assistants. Do you think finding out that this woman created reality of Antise so that she could get herself on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is going to help people figure out that you are Dorit doing a character? That your entire career was just Dorit establishing herself, like talking about gossip and that sort of thing, so she could play herself up and then make it onto Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. You think that is what Dorit is doing? I think that's who oh, you. Oh, that's yes. who you've been for the past thirty years of your career was well, just whenever, Dorit Kemsley well, in a wig. Well, yeah. Whenever anybody would say, "Would you be on the Housewives?" I'm like, "No, I'm too on the inside of." That's like you would not. Why you would never hire someone that's like this in on. So if they the, knew who she was if she what i don't like about anonymous stuff which i've said is that by hiding behind anonymous things and listen i follow a lot of these anonymous uh you know influencers in this world and they do really good work but you do have you're not really putting yourself out there because you could be this anonymous person who's putting out all this you know great crazy you know info about a dorit and then go to an event as a completely different person and make friends with Dorit and maybe go to her home and maybe see PK and then go back and be typing this, away. This woman That's needs, why it's scary. This woman needs to be working for the CIA. I think she's brilliant. She should possibly be running our country. Um, I am, it's so impressive. You Okay, you say that now, but I think if season one or two of Beverly Hills, they had come to you and said, do you want to do this? I think there was a point when like oh, yeah, back the paths then, diverged yes. where it was like you could have because like you were you had so much I was just never wealthy enough. But now they don't care. This girl doesn't have any money either. I mean, now yes. they don't care because the wealthy people are too smart to do it. So they need the poorer people. I doing mean, it. like let's be fair to Alex McCord. It's never mattered that much. <laughs> okay, so then she says in the thing about her mother you know, because she said one of the sad stories she said on the show was when my mom, when I was 12, my mom dropped me off at this this family. I didn't even know who they were. They weren't even relatives to fa- watch me for like a year while she went to New York for work. And I was like, what is the work? Was it to be a raquette? Was it to go after a rich guy? I don't think it was, you know, yeah. selling IBM computers. What the fuck was the work? So now today, yesterday, she revealed to Andy, yes, it was to pursue, a, you know, work in television, actress, uh-huh. whatever. She said television. And so then she's like, and when I went to my mom's house after I did my final interview and I think I bombed, I didn't think I was going to get it. I laid on her couch and I was crying. And she goes, let's say a prayer. And she's like, this is what the mom says to her. Let's say a prayer. And she goes, and the prayer was, if Monica doesn't get it, won't they give it to me? Will they give it to me? And so now they're not talking because the mom wasn't happy with her performance and wasn't happy with, and there's video of now this girl, Monica, yes, filmed a lot of, of her mom being horrible to her. And yes. then she would send it to Tanisha, who is a hairdresser for Heather Gay, who is also one of the people that have access to the Reality Von Teese, yes. uh Instagram. 
And she was not big on picking up the phone. She was big on doing audio messages and sending videos and everything. That girl now has released it all. And one of the videos she shows is the mom scolding her for her performance at this girl (laughs) Angie's Easter party. And she was like, you were awful. You were screaming. And she's like, mom, you need to protect me. You know, why are you getting mad at me? And she's like, she goes, the the producer said I did great. Monica says to the mom, the producer said I did great. And she goes, I don't care what the producer says. This is not the goal of this. You're an actress, and if you're going to continue on, you can't be a complete asshole, is what the mom was saying. The mom was kind of giving her good advice. She was kind of like, peel it back a little so that these women like you and you continue to stay. The mom knew what the mom was a better acting coach than the producer. A 45 year old woman getting dance moms makes me thrilled. It, like, I, I do think. Don't think she's 45. That's uh, probably the, <laughs> if she listens to this, I'll probably think, think she's most angry about it. Um, yeah. this, the thing is, is like, as a fan of Survivor, watching how the show has evolved over the years is fascinating. Watching how housewife shows evolved with things like, you know, Jill Zarin figuring out that you could, you know, call a gossip columnist and get something. Like I like watching the show the shows gently turn into traitors. Yes. Is like three dimensional. It really kind of is, and I think we don't I I, I don't know. It made the sh- I, yeah, it made the season good, so it's like this is, is it is what it is. I'm not going to say what I want. Who I I never want to say, like this person should come back or not come back or whatever. I think it would be pretty inauthentic if she came back and they like, had to act like they could be her friend. Like, but you want that, uh, you, like you do want that core of authenticity. The fact that like Ramona was so old school that you always knew that at the end of the day, even if she was mad at Sonia, she liked being friends with. Like, yeah. just you want to have those friendships that. Feel real. Those friendships are deep. It's like they she can they can be jealous of each other and they can be like you're annoying, but like, yeah, they're you know, somebody gets sick in the family, someone dies, they're gonna be there like, you know. Do you think that Dorit feels lost since Kyle became a lesbian? What I wanna just finish this. Then we're okay. gonna get into Beverly Hills. We're getting into Beverly Hills. So anyway, that was revealed. The mom is a piece of shit also. Yes. Okay. So then this is also a piece of shit mom. This is Black China's mom. Uh-huh. Black China's ex-boyfriend said that the mom was sending him DMs saying, Black China, my daughter, is jealous of my natural better body than Black China and was sending him like sexy things. Wonderful. So I just thought there was a real connection between Monica and her mom. Yes. And then there's a version of it here. And I just think, my God, these women are not going to have a good Mother's Day this year. (laughs) I mean, it's really hard. You want people to be able to support uh, their children. Um, like, do you think if your daughter ended up on a reality show, you would be able to have a healthy sense of distance, or would you try to put yourself into it as much as possible? I would just be in it when she wants to be to be, to be yes. in it. You know, like I say that too when people are like, "Will you be part of my reality show?" I'm like, "Throw me around in the room. I will come to your party." Yes. I don't think I want to like sign up for a real thing, but you know, you never know. But anyway, I want to just say one more thing. The photo that's not featured here is Mary. Uh huh. Mary is a cult leader Mary that, Cosby, mar- yes. that married her um, step grandfather yeah. and had a child with him. And she was in the first part of the season in which she just told everybody straight to their face, like, I hate you. You're awful. I don't want to be here. Don't sit next to me. Get away from me, little girl. She was like, always awful to everybody. So then they, we, we now know they just stopped inviting her to shit. Yeah. So she comes in and now she's like, they're like, who do you like, Mary? And she's like, I like Monica because she's pretty. 
I don't like you, Heather. And Heather's like, well, you said I, I look like I was inbred. And she goes, well, you do. But you said a mean thing about my house. <laughs> and he's like, wait, what she said about your decorated house is worse than what you said, say that she was inbred? <laughs> She's like, yes, I do think it's worse. And I'm like, I'm like, the fact that everybody's sitting on this couch, nobody is like, you ran a cult. And you live in a house with um, millions and millions of dollars of goods that you got from your poor, dumb people that you convinced that you were the second coming of Jesus Christ who gave you money, who you then bought designer crap with, and now you're sitting here. Like, I just am like, but I don't, I mean, she is weird. Of- she's entertaining. But, like, I, the fact that no one brings up the fact that she's running a corrupt church for her own gain is so weird that no one will say that on stage. I mean, it, like, but I do kind of also understand not wanting to go after those things that are at the core of someone. Like, if you do have any regard for someone, understanding, like, like there are just aspects of people that are so fundamental to them that you're like, oh, I'm not going to right. do that. You know, it's like, if if I were friends with the president of France, I like, it would be totally crazy. Even if I got in a fight with him, I wouldn't bring up the fact that his wife molested him when he was in high school. <laughs> The fact that we don't talk more about that the current president of France is married to his teacher, who was his it was his drama teacher, right? I'm and not he, sure. Yes, it was a drama teacher. She he was 15, she was 40. She was married with kids. Yes, they fully had an Have affair. Have they seen May December? Have they seen May December? Is my question. <laughs> the, for people that don't know, they fully and, I, and people get mad. It, yes. yes, it wasn't an affair because he wasn't. He was. I, I've said this before. Yes. An affair. It's not an affair. She molested him, okay? Great. They, um, he went off to college. Yes. And she since has talked a little bit about it, and she got divorced, and she was definitely thought he would find young girls in college yes. and never. But after college, he came back to her. Yes. And now he's like 45, and she's like 67 yeah. or something. And, um, but, I mean... She's the first, worked out for you. She's the first lady of France. He became like the f- president of France when he was crazy young. Like it, I just don't like it's crazy that people don't freak out more about it. No. It's insane that how are the French people walking around not how how was do they not have debates? Do you well, imagine if Donald Trump was debating him and didn't bring up the fact that his well, wife like But also I think I don't know what their age of consent is, but I think they have a cultural idea that like a man who is a teenager has like full sexual agency, which I don't agree with. But still, it was a teacher situation, no, and she was married, so it was 100%. like a triple strike. Like, have you seen May December yet? Yes. Okay, like I just hope they watch May December, and then they have a moment like Charlie Melton and Julianne Moore, where he gets to say like, maybe I wasn't in control <laughs> yeah. of myself. That's what he's like, and then she's like, you were say it, you were. <laughs> Who was in control? Who was in control? Yeah. Who hit on me? You, you Who hit on me? You saw that that was from actual yep, footage of Mary Kay Letourneau. Yes, yes, when she was like, she. I remember that because I was obsessed with that story, yes. Mary Kay Letourneau. And she was like, he was the aggressor. Ugh. When he slept over as my fr- as my son's friend in the sixth grade, and I went down to get an ice water, and he was sleeping on the couch, he was the aggressor, is what oh, she says. Jesus Christ. Amazing. But he's around. She's dead now, Mary Kay. And he's like, and he's like hurt by this. Mo- okay, so there are people who are like, should they have made this movie, considering that there is a victim out there, and you're sort of like re-traumatizing this person, right? Or like, 
what everyone, what the screenwriter has said is like, it's like inspired by this thing that was in our culture. It's not about this particular situation. Do you think it is wrong for them to do this and not consult him or talk to him at all? Or do you think it's fair game? Well, I guess it, if you consult him, then you kind of got to take his two cents and give him money. So I can see why they didn't. But it is it is kind of shitty. But at the same time, I think he's, I don't know. He's made the, money off of it. What, what would you I, do? I think the most important part of the movie May, December, are there are two B shots of the pool being shitty and then the pool being refinished. Just to remind you that she got 10 to 20 grand off of letting Natalie Portman come and job shadow her. And that's like- just, Right, I wrote you about th- yes. that. I was like, how are they rich and living on this island? And I thought that was kind of interesting that they like had waterfront property. And I was like, because the real couple, when I was, I remember I was doing a show at Bellevue Comedy Club yeah. in Washington uh, State yeah. near Seattle. And then in later in the week, they he was going to be a DJ, and it was hot for teacher night, and she was going to come, and the poster was her in a schoolgirl outfit and him. But so they were like hustling this the, still, the notion, like ten years ago. Yes, the notion of this trauma that is still something that you profit from is just so like. Uh, what else are you going to do? What though? else are you going to do? Um, okay, so you were like we were talking about a little bit about Beverly Hills, and you wanted to ask me about Kyle and Morgan. Yes. Like, I personally think that the real victim here, yes, Kyle's marriage breaking up does affect her children. But I think Dorit no longer having best Jewish couple friends is really hard. And I think it hurts her place on the show. Well, recently, Kyle did uh, an Amazon Live. Yes. Which is, uh, she's supposed to be selling products, but basically she just spills tea. I don't really understand how it works. Anyways, of course, somebody asked, and she said, well, Dorit said that, you know, we went on all these trips together. We went on one trip as a foursome like three years ago, and all the other trips that she mentioned and and showed photos of were from cast trips. So she kind of was being a little mean to Dorit. She's like, I love Dorit, but come on. Like, she's pushing down that Dorit is feeling like we're no longer close and we really were close even when the cameras aren't around and she's like "Mm, were we that close um I have gone back and forth on her and Morgan's relationship and it is literally like this I'm like it's real it's not real it's for PR it's to or promote the thing they maybe they fingered once but they aren't anymore now I take it back I do think they're a couple I think it lines up with all of the goofy, like the core goofinesses of Kyle's identity. Kyle crying because people didn't like the hat store. Like, and did you see the Instagram of Rihanna liked her hat store in Aspen? Yeah, yeah. And like, I was, I was so happy for Kyle. But like this, and look, we've we've all known some late in life lesbians in our lives, and I do think it is and some in- that were waiting to come out. Yes, still. yes. But, uh, but I think for her, like, I think. That this was like potential bisexuality that was always there. And I think just men take women for granted, especially over 35 or 40. And like having somebody who like really appreciates you and really takes care of you um, is very appealing in its way. I just look, 
Dorit is my favorite Beverly Hills housewife, but she is built. Thank you, Guy. So many people have seemed to have lost interest in what, what I'm really truly about. I think she is running on fumes right now. Her identity for two to three seasons has been I'm Kyle's best friend, and now Kyle doesn't want her to be her best friend. And there was a moment in this season when it seemed like Crystal Kung Minkoff was going to attempt to dislodge her jaw and eat Kyle and or, and eat Dorit. And I was like, wonderful. Let there be a little fight before there is the big fight between the people. Are we manager. scared that this could be Dorit's last run? I'm really, really worried about it. I am too. For the first time, even though they had a good therapy session where they're talking about how he's like, you're not the happy girl. You know, you were so excited, which I was like. Yeah, he, they do a therapy session. He's like, she was so, you know, enthusiastic and everything in the beginning. Well, 10 years ago, he was this older rich guy and she was this young girl yeah. that didn't have an English accent and had a different face. Right. And, you know, he let her spend and spend and spend. And now she is, now she's not impressed with a pretty woman evening. Yeah. She's not. And it's like, well. That, that's what happens. Guys get a young girl and they're so excited that the guy bought them a pair of shoes that they're going to, you know, prance around in them and tell all their friends. And their 50-year-old first wife wasn't that excited about any gift the guy got them. But then that young girl eventually becomes just like wife one yes. and is no longer impressed with you. The and that's is, all it is. Kyle can get away with a season of just doing like light comedy in family scenes. There's nobody else who can get away with a full season of just doing like comedy and family scenes. And I really hope that Dorit gets another season. And I, I don't think she will, but if Dorit attempted to take down Crystal or the new girl, what's the girl new girl's name? Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie. If she really attempted to Lucy Lucy Apple Juice one of them, yeah. like I would be thrilled by that. I think that that would be good television. I think if she could properly stay out of, like, the sights of Garcelle or Sutton, she could, like, be really fun B-stories on a lot of shows. So do you think Kyle and Morgan Wade are going to be the reality version of Sarah Paulson and Holland Taylor? The May-December lesbian relationship that's been going on for, like, at least 10 years. Not at all. I respect... Sarah Paulson and her relationships so much. They are the fucking classiest. Holland Taylor, of course. Cherry Jones, yes. And looking at Sarah Paulson, I don't know. When you look at Kyle being around Morgan Wade, I am just like, she's, I think, truly enraptured. I'm uh, going to make you love my, first of all, I thought this. I hate this, her so much. I don't. I actually liked the song that she played at the memorial, though that song had nothing to do with your friend yes. dying. But um, I, you know, I also think girls turn do steal style from their girlfriends and boyfriends. Yes. How many times has, you know, look at Courtney, a Kardashian becoming a punker. Yes. Like it, it happens at every age. You know, it could totally happen. So I do think. But also lesbian couple merging is it's stronger. Like yes. it is sh like losing sense of boundaries because it's a double. It's your yes. it's your girlfriend, your best friend, who's now you're sharing clothes with and style, but you're also in love with them. So it's like a double emerging of a thing. Yes. And so I do think she's just enjoying that style. She's sober like Morgan. She's fit like Morgan. Now she's getting into Morgan's music. She's doing her documentary. She's done with. She's like had an awakening. But I and I do think I. But this is what else think. I think once she breaks up with Morgan, if they don't end up 
their days together. I don't think she'll have another lesbian relationship. I think she'll go back to being with either Mauricio or another guy. She'll go back to Mauricio. Yeah. Okay, I think the thing is, is like, this is not a situation. This is not a situation where like a a high-functioning service lesbian came, like a a service top lesbian who was like, I'm going to be in control but for you, came to where Kyle was. She made Kyle pick up everything and move everything. And, like, Kyle doesn't want to be sober. Kyle doesn't, you know, she wants to be a little bit fit. But, like, I really do think that this is something she'll do for an exquisite 18 months. And then I think she will find out about Morgan having strayed a little bit in some way. Um, And then, like, it'll be a journey out of that and then a journey back to Mauricio because... Or or Morgan... We'll just kind of grow out of her. Just yeah. like, you know, like, I'm kind of over this and I got what I needed out of it. I don't know. Right now, they're very close. They spent the, her Christ, her birthday together I in th- Mexico. They're walking around in similar outfits. Okay. The, the other way I think this could go is Kyle gets brought into – and one of the things that's hard about this is, like, becoming a lesbian involves merging into this, lar- like, potentially this larger world of female friendship that isn't any of these ladies that we love. But I think if she goes to some lesbian parties and then one of Morgan's friends or one of Morgan's ex-girlfriends makes a play at her, that is the only step up the ladder of lesbianism I think that she makes. Would be if, let's be honest, a higher ranking, more powerful lesbian. Like sh- like if one of Jodie Foster's exes was at a like a party and was like, hey, Kyle, I really love you on the show. Like I think that But that I don't think happen. that's ever going to happen because a real power lesbian – is not going to be interested in a Kyle type, do you think? I think, like, they, like, for some of them, the notion of having a status wife, the notion of being a husband, like, I think that there are L.A. power lesbians who would like the appeal of being a Mauricio or a PK on this show. (laughs) You know, like, I show up, I make her happy, and then I go off, and, and that's my place in this world. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, but also what? no. Before we move on, I just want to, do you think Sutton overplayed her hand this season? No. What do you mean overplayed her hand? It's like was just, just being her, acting like the PTSD thing, making everything about her and being so aggressive and kind of putting herself into a situation where like even Garcelle wasn't excited about defending her. Yeah, I mean, I just think there's seasons where there just isn't that much going on with you. Yes, and. You know, and you are like, uh, I, and I don't think she's over the whatever happened that night. I think that she is freaked out about it and she is going to use it for sympathy and he's over it. He's tired of it um, about the robbery yeah. because he's like, well, you know, you, no, you no, weren't I'm hurt. not talking, I'm talking oh. about Sutton. Oh, Sutton. Sorry, I thought you said to read. No. Um, Sutton with, oh my God, let's just talk about the bad acting at the, 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 the casting of her dates. Oh, I, I they're mean, all like, like they're all former actors. Yes. I feel like I'm watching a million dollar listing, which I'm going to get to right here. Okay. Million dollar mat, not listing million dollar matchmaker. This is the Patty. amazing Patty Stanger. This is Patty now. And I've been friends with her for a long time. And I know since now Netflix just bought the show and yes. I couldn't believe it. So I went back and was watching it from 2011. Wonderful. And I just want to say her work on her face is so good to think that 
in this day and age, you could be cuter and hotter at 60 than you were at like 43. Do you know? Is why it's great to be born today. Do you know her well enough to find out the name? Of the doctors? Yes. Oh, I'm sure she would tell me. She told me she got her teeth done. Uh So that's a big, big difference. She always had full lips, but I think she had her full lips. This is what I think. I think she just, I think she had her nose done, and I think she got jaw filler and cheekbones. Because I'm watching the show, and she didn't have that. So what? And then she lost weight, and she looks amazing. Looks fucking amazing. Because this was her. Yeah. And she, where are these two people? So she had these two (laughs) for... Million Dollar Matchmaker, for those that don't know, it was one of the first Bravo shows. It was on for years. And she would say, I meet my millionaires. And she'd put people, it was all very produced and cast and everything. Okay. I don't think any two people that met on the show ever ended up together. But outside of that, she claimed that she really did have matches that ended up. Yes. So for some reason, she had this couple that look like they run a tattoo parlor. It was ridiculous. It made no sense why she had them and 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 then they sit around and and talk about these girls' styles that their dress doesn't fit and that they nobody likes a redhead and I'm like this this is what we're this is what we're talking about it these was, two people. It was the magnificent ridiculousness of like a a more cast and a more sort of like like the beginning of reality was so weird. We didn't know what we were doing and it is just amazing. So on this episode, they had this guy, Gummy Bear. Uh-huh. And his name in real life was, was he Jason? Yeah, he was Jason Davies, who inherited all this money. And so I just watched that episode from like 2011. And he was like such a mess. And and his brother was named Jason Davies. And so I coincidentally how the world universe just brings me something so i was talking to you about it yes and i go remember that time yesterday on tmz they brought up the fact that in the mean girls movie the uh, musical yeah they make a fire crotch reference yes which now Lindsay lohan did not know until she like went to the premiere or watched it so oh, she's wow. not happy uh, because <laughs> there was this moment where jay when jason um Davies, who's now engaged to like a Pretty Little Liars actress, uh-huh. he was hanging out with Paris, and they said, "Oh, what's up with Lindsay?" And he goes, "Lindsay, L- Lindsay's a fire crotch. She's yeah. a fire crotch." And here it is, Lindsay Lohan. She's a fire crotch, and like Lindsay's dad now is like getting involved. Why would they put that in the movie? Why yeah. would they bring it up? Well, on on that episode, the same episode with the gummy bear guy, yes. um. There's a redhead on the show that's trying to get on. And and Patty Stanger's like, um, no, you're not hot enough. Uh, you're not cute enough. You're not allowed. And then she shows up at the party. Uh-huh. And of course, Produce Broder. And then Patty goes, get the hell out of my party. You're an ugly redhead. You're always going to be something like that. And you're like, and she's like, and you're a fire crotch. And she calls her a fire crotch. The girl trying to get on the show. Did we do a monologue about that on Chelsea we lately? We always talked about these yes. things. It was yes. all, this was the time of... Lindsay, Brittany, Paris. It was that, yes. you know, 2009 to like 2011 uh, time. Beautiful times. But she would tell people, would, these girls are walking in, she'd be like, you're ugly. No one's going to want to fuck you. Like, it's literally that mean. I She's mean, like, it is a show fix your teeth. We 100% could not do now. It would be like, now it would all be about learning and growing. Um, but it is beautiful to look back on that time. I, no, there's even a part in this where the gummy bear guy, 
um, well, you know, he was Jason, Jason, right? Yeah. Brandon was the one who said the fire crotch is alive. Jason goes, um, he's with this girl. He gets a girl and he's like, um, asking her about her underwear, what's under her skirt. And he's like, but is there a cock under there? Because that I don't want any part of. And she's like, no. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Like, no. Like, I, I, I mean, mean, we were like. But I just hope people don't go after her because this was a completely different time. I mean, it, it is really horrifying to look back at the way that trans people were talked about in media like five years ago, seven years ago. And it, it is really it is really rough. And I like there are so many people who are so lucky that Ch- nothing from Chelsea lately is accessible online <laughs> because so many of us would well, be that's, destroyed. And that's what I'm saying. Like it, nobody needs to go on this. If you want to spend your time and go on this and then write her mean stuff or start a mean hate group, it's not going to matter because it's so long ago and nobody is going to ag- agree to it. But it is, I am but also, sucked we in. All just, I am thoroughly when we see these things, We just need to learn. Oh, because even just like, even the just ex- like. fashions. Like, but uh, like Robert Downey Jr., who is going to win an Academy Award this year, was nominated for an Academy Award for a blackface performance 13 years ago. <laughs> And like, there's, there, like, truly, it's wonderful how much the world has changed. But I think, particularly for young people, they like don't understand how to deal with it. And I think yeah. it is weird for us to watch stuff from not that long ago and just be like, Jesus Christ! I like, know. conventional wisdom was so horrible to so many people. I just want to say, I would love to know where these two people are. By the way, matchmaking is an ancient and respected <laughs> Jewish profession. And if I am going to have a shadchan. I want her to be carrying an extra 15 pounds. Like, I trust those bosoms to find me a man much Not better than, than, the, than the skinny, fabulous I, I mean, version. I wonder how much of that is Ozempic and how much of that is, like... She's been skinny for uh, a while. She's been looking amazing for a while. Okay. Um, um, why does why does Erica refuse to admit that it's the, the O? Or do you think it is... I ju- think now people will admit it. Okay. Because the reason why is last year... If you said it, then everyone came after you and were like, you're, you're taking keeping diabetics. It. Yeah. yeah. Now that you there's so many versions of it and so many ways to get it, now people are being honest about it. Yeah. There's still some people that have been skinny their whole lives that aren't as cute as their heavier friend who's now hotter than them because yes. they always had a cuter face. Yes. Who's like, you're cheating. And it's like, do what you want, yes. you know? And then people are always so excited to hear that someone's bowels fell out in the toilet or whatever. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, so be careful. This doesn't work for everybody, just yes. like any medication doesn't work for everybody. But like, clearly, it's a miracle drug. Where do you think most. they? Where do you think they are now? These people? Yes. I, I, someone will find them for me, Juicy Scoopers. They, um, well, I remember talking to her about it, and she said they didn't want to come back to the show. They wanted more money, and they were going to do their own. Sh- they thought they were going to get their own uh. show, matchmaking. Yeah. Like punkers who matchmake. I don't know what they're going to call. And I think they're probably not in the business at all, like probably no longer together because this, they, they probably blamed each other for the breakup. And, you know, just having normal lives, just working. Maybe she's like a hairdresser and he's like a tattoo artist. Well, there's or the really rough thing about like first 10 or 15 years of reality TV. It's possible that they were just getting a supporting Dollar. characters. Like, 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 I got like a thousand dollars. Yeah. Up. Yeah. And then they were seeing all the popularity and were like, well, if we can't get $3,000 an app. And they're yes. like, well, then goodbye. Patty, just dump them. You need a different thing. Yeah. Yeah, but 
also that's okay to leave because it's like you might have tapped out. Like yeah. if, if this is all you've gotten after being on three years, your th- fourth year isn't going to like pop you into an amazing spot. Because after her success, they tried to do a show called The Head Huntress. And my friend got cast as... Uh, what is that? It was like, she was like a high-end like headhunter for businesses. And they ran the pilot on Bravo a couple of times. But like, they cast her secretary. They did not use her actual secretary. They like cast um, my my friend, who at that time presented as hot gay, and is now presented. Non- non-binary. You know, we'll see how we present it. Like, uh, or, uh, uh, like Wait, actually, they, a- uh, it is more appropriate to use they as pronouns for them. Okay. Um, but they, at that point in time, looked like hot gay men. Okay. Um, but they, like, figured themselves out okay. and now present as more a lady. Oh, all right. Well, who knows? Um, I'm going to end on this as how someone sent this to me and they go, I bet this was a movie Heather loved. It was called Angel. Yes. It was one of my favorite made-for-TV movies. High school honor student by day. Hollywood hooker by night. Wonderful. Her two worlds are about to collide. It's her choice, her chance, her life. You guys, I have to get my hands on this movie. Yeah. I absolutely watched it growing up. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, literally put it in my calendar, could not wait for it to come out. Yes. I loved anything about street walking yes. because I liked their slutty outfits that you had to wear to be a street walking hooker. Yes. Now you just, you know, do it at your own home with OnlyFans. Yes. And she went to a private school like I did and had like a very nice life, but loved being a hooker. Can you believe someone wrote this? A girl under 18. I mean, it, it wants to be a hooker, wants it, to be a sex worker, it, which it called hooker well, back then. There's so also there the way that, like, late 70s, early 80s, we were obsessed with the sexuality of teenagers. It was yes. like, like making a movie about how 13 year olds wanted to get it on with adult men was supposed to be like sophisticated. Though I finally um, I listened to the podcast, You Must Remember This, about Polly Platt. And I didn't realize Who's Poly- Polly Platt. Polly Platt is the woman who was um, uh, married to the guy who directed Last Picture Show. Okay. And so it, she's who Irreconcilable Differences is based on. Okay. So she, uh, her husband was a director, and she like worked with him, and then they broke up, and he stopped making good movies, and then she like produced a bunch of stuff and wrote a bunch of stuff. And when I realized that Pretty Baby was written by a woman and like a smart woman who I respected, I was like. Oh God! This movie that I've always considered very gross, uh, I will go and watch it. And it ended up being an interesting movie that was trying to like grapple with the commodification of women's sexuality. But then, did you watch the Brooke Shields yes. documentary? Yes, and I've watched the movie too. Yeah. Um, but like the Brooke Shields documentary, her children just being like, "I never want to see that." Like having to, like realizing that there are children out there who have to be like, "There's a movie about my mom being sexual." Yeah. As a child, which is really gross. But I also think that, like, when you are a 13, 14, 15 year old girl, particularly, did you watch. um... I mean, I'm just like, I'm just thinking about this movie. Okay, first of all, it was written by this guy, Robert Vincent O'Neill. Where is he? And then also, like, I have to do with this movie. Like, why did she have to do it? Like, like, just like when I think about Pretty Woman, you know? Uh I'm like, but Pretty Woman, the character of Julie Roberts, before she got picked up in the car, was like going in strangers' cars and like, like sucking yes. strangers' dirty dick yes. for a hundred dollars, and 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 living with drug addicted Laura Sangiacomo, and yeah. having full blown sex with strangers, well, and also, but like uh, just beyond that is the knowledge that like because of those women's place in society and the economy, 
a third of those guys thought that they got to knock them around or whatever. And the right. fact that we make this movie that like romanticizes it is like so strange. It's so crazy. Um, but but like, don't like. Did you see the movie Bottoms? Um, with I, I, I mean, I, I cannot imagine it is something you wanted to see. No, the, but I saw the ad. It was about uh, gay guys, right? No, is no. The, uh, is am I getting the name wrong? It's, no, but it was it's girls and guys. But what's yeah, it about? But was it, it not about gay sex? It, it's about lesbian sex. Oh. It's about girls who start a fight club at their high school. Oh. Um, but like one of the jokes in it is that like high school is just this machine for celebrating the changes in men's bodies. Like you know the way that like every high school football player is like a pinup that the school is getting excited about and cheering for, and like. Women have traditionally not had people who were like getting excited about in like a comfortable way with right. their coming to sexual agency. And I think that I know so many women around my age who would watch this or like that. Um, f- was it called Foxes? Yeah, like, Foxes. Uh, and who were just like, yes, I am having these feelings. I want to go on these adventures in like a safe way, the way that Christy McNichol gets to, and not in a way that involves my uncle looking at me weird when I wear a, a tight shirt. Oh my God, Guy Branham, we gotta wrap it up. Tell everybody where they can follow you, what you have going on. I am at Guy Branham across all social media. I have uh, uh, a show at the Elysian on May 7th in Los Angeles, and people, I think tickets are coming out as part of Netflix is a joke. Oh, classy. Uh, and uh, my talk show got taken off of uh, off of Max, so you can no longer watch it there. So it, <laughs> it doesn't exist now. Oh, well, wait, but you said you have another show in Atlanta. Or I that, don't know. Oh, that was just from the past. Oh, from the past. Okay. Well, listen, you're you're working on so many things. You're a writer, producer, showrunner, show creator. Yes. Actor. We all have a lot of hyphens. You have a you, lot of shit going on. So yes. follow Guy besides him being brilliant. Yes. You, you, you're sure you're, you're a game show guest. You're a singer. You're a licensed real estate agent. No, not any. Well, oh. I let that expire, so I'm not, le- technically I'm not. I during during the strike was like, do I have to re up my bar membership? <laughs> Did you? Oh, you no. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, everyone. Go to heathermcdonald.net for all of my stuff. Patreon Friday. Thank you. <laughs> 